you join me once more in a moment of prayer? Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, we thank you for this Advent season. We thank you, Lord, that it is a reminder of your coming into this world. Light among darkness. Father, as we reflect on the reason for this season, as we reflect on how you have impacted our lives, Father, I pray that this season would stand apart from the rest. Lord, that we would take these moments to allow you to remind us of the hope and specifically of the peace that you bring into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, hopefully, yep, that audio's coming in good. Well, last year, around Thanksgiving, just before Advent, as I've mentioned a few times, my wife and I get to celebrate an anniversary, and it just so happened that last year's anniversary was a perfect, perfect day for us. I mean, it started off with going to work and everything just being beautiful. We were so excited for Thanksgiving, which would be the following day that year, and in that day, it just seemed like everything was going well. We kicked off the morning with our special breakfast that we love to have when I have a day off, and that's bacon, waffles, and eggs, and the kids were just happy about it. We were celebrating a new bundle of joy in our life through Everett, and it just seemed like the day couldn't get any better, and I even found out that day that Melita was going to be stepping in for us as our office admin as Ginger was expecting to go away for uh, her, her delivery of her wonderful child. And then as it couldn't get any better, it just did, and we found out that we were under contract for a house. So to celebrate in that evening, our parents decided to watch our children so that we can go off for a special anniversary dinner, and we did just that. So we headed out to one of our favorite local cities, and we went to Evergreen and went to this beautiful restaurant that was tucked into the mountains, and snow began to fall as they put us in a seat right next to the fireplace. And I mean, it felt like we were in a Hallmark movie by this point. Well, after this wonderful dinner and just enjoying this food and enjoying this day that just felt like it was highlighting so many blessings in our life, having a home, children, marriage, all these things that we were grateful for, we started to head back home and that snow began to turn into this wonderful thing that we call ice. And as we were entering through the windy roads of the mountains, I noticed that my brakes were not working very well on these streets. And our car began to drift from side to side as I touched the brakes. And I was starting to panic as I realized that our car was starting to slide into the irrigation ditch off of the road. 
And thankfully, we were able to bring the car to a halt. But it wasn't before realizing that there was an ice rink in front of us and all the cars were struggling in this area. It got so bad that we ended up needing to call for rescued help. And they said that it would be hours before they could assist us. Well, as time continued to carry on and we realized that most likely help couldn't get to us, the reality of being trapped in that car started to become more true to us as we realized that we might be spending the night in this vehicle in sub-freezing temperatures with limited gas away from our children who Everett was still nursing at that time. It was like everything beautiful in that day just shattered in a moment. And I've come to realize that so often in our lives, we could feel peace when things are going well, right? When our jobs are stable, when the kids are healthy and well and, and, and well-behaved, when life just seems to be going right, we can feel peace. But what happens in life when things don't go to plan? When you are trapped in a situation and you feel like life is coming down on you hard, can you still experience peace? And in fact, what does it mean to live with peace? My hope for today is that we can talk about this subject of peace because I am of the belief that peace is something that you can experience regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in. And in fact, it is important to be able to experience peace not just when things are going well, but when we're challenged through the hardships of life. In fact, I would say that is when we desire peace more than ever. And the Christmas season is a reminder of that. A reminder of the peace that we are to experience through Christ. So I encourage you to open up your Bibles today to Luke chapter 2 as we look at this subject of peace. We're going to be looking at the life of shepherds in the field as this miraculous experience happens in front of them. I'll be reading today from verses 8 through 14. So starting in Luke 2 verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, 
on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, if you didn't know the reason why we celebrate Advent, I'd like to explain that to you today. You see, the word Advent is actually from the Latin word aventus. And this comes from the Greek biblical understanding of the word parousia. And I'll put some of this information on the screen for you today. And this word parousia or eventus means simply coming. It's used multiple times in scripture. And it means coming in almost every single time. But it's specifically used in verses that highlights Jesus' coming within the gospel. And it's also used in the understanding over the fact that Jesus will come again. So Advent is a time where we celebrate the fact that Jesus came into the world, but that also Jesus will do what? He will come again. So often we just hold on to one of those truths, right? We recognize that Jesus came into the world and that's why we celebrate Christmas. But Advent in itself is meant to remind us not only that he came once, but that he will come again. Why does that change our understanding of how we celebrate Christmas? Because it is a reminder of the hope that we are to have in Christ. That he loves us enough to continue to interact with us, to find us, to seek us out, to care for us through the struggles and the seasons of life. So when the angel in verse 12 or verse 10 said to them to fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will for all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord these angels are proclaiming a message of peace of hope for these shepherds Now, why is that important? Well, if you didn't know, within Israel's history, they had undergone a lot of hardship. You see, year after year, the people longed for the Messiah. They had been ruled by many nations that were oftentimes bearing down on them and challenging them in their beliefs in God. It wouldn't be uncommon to think that some of them would struggle in wondering, God, I thought we were your chosen people. Why is it that we are constantly being oppressed by other people in this world who are ruling down on us? Aren't you supposed to be our ruler? So when the angels come and pronounce this message to the shepherds, they're pronouncing the fulfillment of a promise that was made known in the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before. That God was making good on his promise. That there would be a Messiah who would come from this lineage of Jesse who would be a wonderful counselor, a prince of peace. 
And for the first time in probably a long time, these shepherds could believe that God's peace was true and real in their lives. You see, so often in our lives, we're, we're doubters, aren't we not? We doubt the things that we hear. When somebody says, for instance, you don't need to worry about that, oftentimes what we hear is, I need to start worrying about this. But when the angels are coming to pronounce Jesus's, the Messiah's coming into the world, that Christ is here, all of a sudden things start to look different. The hundreds of years of waiting and wondering if God would show up start to turn into hope and trust that he will. You see, the peace that we are to experience in this life is not meant to be peace from the objects that we possess or the securities that we try to build, but rather the peace that we are to have in this life is meant to come from the Lord who watches over us. The one that in no matter any circumstances, as we were reminded today in our congregational prayer time, is the God who is with us. The one who knows us. I think a fair question to ask is, is why did the Lord choose to send this message to the shepherds? I mean, think about it. If it were me and I was trying to plan out the pronouncement of this fulfilled promise, I would probably pick the person in the world who has the, mo- the loudest megaphone to be able to announce this, right? I would pick somebody of great importance to be able to pronounce this wonderful message that God is making good on what he promised his people and that the Messiah was born. But yet, who does the Lord choose? Shepherds. Shepherds. Now, I don't know about you, but this time of year, I like being able to take out from one of my drawers a stack of Christmas cards that I oftentimes try to write to people. And so often those Christmas cards might be a scene of a manger and a cute little baby Jesus or maybe a scene of shepherds. And the cards are always so beautiful, but yet in our day and age, I think we fail to understand what it meant to be a shepherd in their time. You see, in their time, being a shepherd meant having the lowest of the low kind of job. It was a dirty job. It was the kind of job where you didn't have a home and you slept just wherever the grass felt comfortable enough. It was a job of being able to care for this livestock and in so doing made you unclean. In fact, if you were a shepherd during this time, 
the, the Jewish culture that you would have been in would have seen you as an unclean person. Why is that important? Well, that meant that you could not participate in the regular Jewish ceremonial functions because you were considered unclean. And because of that, you needed to stay away from the temple and its activities. Ironically enough, it would be the sheep that these shepherds would have been taken care of that would have been the atoning sacrifices for the people at the time, but because of their cultural customs, they were kept at an arm's length away from their own society. But isn't it amazing that when the time that Christ comes, that God uses this juxtaposition (laughs) of these ideas that shock us, that he doesn't pick the person with the loudest megaphone, but in fact, Jesus comes in what kind of way? In a dirty, dingy manger. And that when he announces his coming, he announces it to who? Not to a king, not to a famous religious leader, not to some political figure, but to shepherds, to lowly shepherds. Perhaps God is trying to tell us something there. Perhaps what God is trying to tell us is that his love for us does not, is not exclusive to the best of the best. You see, so often we think that in order to receive what God has for us, that we need to first clean ourselves up. I can't tell you how many times I have heard people tell me that. Well, I want to start going to church again, Pastor, but I'm working on some things in my life that I want to get sorted out before I go. I don't want to go to church because I've done some terrible things, and, uh, well, I just don't want to be there because I know God is disappointed with me. And every time I hear that, I'm ready to just take my hand and either slap them or just put it right here because I say that is the point of what this season is about. That is the point of what church is about. It's not that you could clean yourself up, but it's rather that Christ comes into a dirty and broken world with people that are considered dirty and broken in order to be a light to them. You see, there is nothing in your life that you can do to ultimately clean yourself. When we try to clean ourselves, it's like taking a rag that was already soaked in mud and scrubbing the stain. All we do is just spread it even worse. But the Christmas season is a reminder of this truth. That we live in a broken and fallen world. But Christ comes into this world in order to love us right where we're at. And he does it not just for the best of us 
but for all of us. That even in a moment like this, he would pronounce this message to these lowly shepherds. You know, I think God wanted to communicate one more thing, probably more than I realize, but one more thing that I'll share with you today. You see, if you didn't know, oftentimes the shepherds were outside of their cities because, again, they had to remain clean and set apart from the people in town so that they did not taint anything with their uncleanliness. So it was believed during this time, it was a common custom that the sheep that were found in the field in those areas were oftentimes free game to be used as an atonement for people's sins. That is, it was a normal custom in a time every single year, at least once a year, where they would take lambs and they would slaughter them and use that blood as a reminder of the Passover. That is that because of their tradition, they believed that through marking blood over their doors, that the angel of death would pass over during the plagues of Egypt. So it was because of this tradition that they would take sheep from the field, they would take lambs from the field, and they would slaughter them for atonement. Could it be that this is also another reminder of the work that Jesus would do for us? That just like the shepherds are out in the field, Jesus is out in the manger to be our atoning sacrifice so that death would pass over each and every single one of us. You see, Christ brings peace in a way that nobody else can bring peace. The peace of heaven is knowing that God makes good on his promise. Amen? For generations and generations, people continued to wait and to hope in the Lord that would deliver them. And maybe that is a common struggle for you. Maybe there's a prayer in your life that you have prayed for days, months, years, maybe even decades. And you've prayed that prayer so long and that prayer has rocked your heart and caused you to question whether God even listens to your prayers. Well, let this be a reminder this Christmas season that God hears those prayers. And even though there might be situations of your own life that cause you to feel a lack of peace. Trust in the God who desires to give you peace. And remember this, that there is not a word in your heart, whether spoken out loud or spoken internally, that God does not take account of. 
So I encourage you during this Christmas season to remember that God makes good on his promises. But also to remember that it is a reminder of our waiting. The waiting that we are to have as we wait for Christ's coming again. I'm so thankful that Jackie chose to read from Bonhoeffer. I've made it known many times that he's a favorite of mine. And he writes these words about Advent. Advent is a season of waiting. But our whole life is an Advent season. That is a season of waiting for the last Advent, which we now know is what? Christ's coming. For the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Let me encourage you with this truth. If you have found yourself in a situation where you are lacking peace, and those that oftentimes lack peace live with anxiety, they live with fears, with feelings that cause them to question whether they are safe, question whether they can even trust in what is going to come tomorrow. Let me remind you that Christ is our Prince of Peace. And that even though we may face troubles in this world, Just as God made good on his promise to come once, he will also come again. Amen? And may it be a reminder that whatever troubles you face in this life, that there will be a day when Jesus comes again. That the afflictions that we go through, that the trials that we face, that the struggles that we experience are just for a moment. That we can have peace in trusting that God will rescue us. That God does care for us. That he understands our struggles, and that ultimately that Jesus gives us a lasting peace. Jesus gives us a lasting peace. He is our Prince of Peace. And if you've come here today and you are experiencing a lack of peace, or maybe you know somebody who is experiencing a lack of peace in their own life, I would encourage you to think of Christ during this season, to be reminded that God is always working on our behalf, that even if the troubles and trials that we are facing feel insurmountable, they feel as if It cannot go away. That God can give us peace in those situations. Just as Jackie had mentioned before from this quote that I read from Bonhoeffer, he wrote those words in a prison camp. 
what a place to be thinking about Christmas, right? Not only to be in a prison camp, but to be in a Nazi prison camp. And he died, in fact, I believe, just a day or two before that prison camp was rescued and liberated. And he never did get to marry his fiance, who he wrote many of these Christmas letters to. But one thing that I think this word teaches us, at least from his words, is that peace is not something that just comes and goes based off of the experiences of your life, but that rather peace is a person. And that if you have a relationship with Jesus, who is our Prince of Peace, then you can always experience peace in your life. So often we think that peace will only come if we possess a certain situation or a certain object, when in reality it's just about experiencing a certain relationship. Which is why I believe that God is reminding us in this Christmas season that peace is always available to us because Jesus is always available to us. And Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He is the one who bestows and gives us lasting peace. Amen? So the question for today, the application that I'd like for you to apply this week for yourself is to ask the question for yourself or maybe in the care that you have for somebody else. Are you at peace in your life? Why or why not? How do you invite God into your situations, if at all? Take time this week to name to God what you are struggling to find peace with. Then ask God to come into this area of your life, just as he came into our world. And trust for yourself that peace is not an object. Peace is a person. And I believe that if you allow Jesus to enter more fully into your life, even if the situations don't change in the way that you would like, you can still experience his peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the peace that you provide us. We thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to come into this world and that one day as the Advent season reminds us, you will come again. We thank you, Lord, for these truths. We thank you that your scriptures constantly encourage us, and no matter how many times we might read your word, there's always more that we can unearth and more that we can find. I pray, Father, for those in this room today. Lord, if there's anybody here that has been wrestling with peace, that they feel anxiety more in their lives than they do feel peace. I pray, Lord, that they would be reminded that peace is a person. And that person is Jesus. And that as they grow their relationship with you, that they will grow in their relationship with experiencing peace. That oftentimes the only reason why we experience a lack of peace is because we fail to trust you and to invite you 
fully into our lives. Help us to do that this Christmas season. Help us to be reminded, Lord, that peace is what you desire for us, that you desire to give us lasting peace. In Jesus' name, amen.